0: Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. All right, folks, welcome everybody. Once again, I'm back to my favorite time of the week, Consulting Growth Hour. All right, so let's get started. So, um, over the part, this is the seventh uh, session so far of this series. I started doing this series at the beginning of the year. So, we've had six so far. We've talked about marketing, we talked about strategy, we talked about pricing, business models, so on and so forth. And I, the way I try and pick these topics is that I like to try and go progressively because we've had a, a session on, on the offer, we've had a session on picking high value markets, but When I was brainstorming with my team on what the next sessions should be, suddenly we realized that we haven't really talked a lot about mindset. And mindset comes before everything else. So I thought that this was a good time to introduce uh, my thoughts on what I feel consulting growth mindset is and uh, how you can develop it. So let's just uh, get started. Who is this training for? I know that uh, a lot of you folks have started your consulting businesses recently. So this is uh, specifically for people in who, who are running B2B consulting businesses that are selling to organizations. So whether you're a management consultant uh, or you see yourselves as an HR consultant, strategy, operations, even IT, or even a marketing consultant, then you're in the right place. Um, and whether you're targeting small businesses, mid-sized businesses, or large companies, I uh, Um, I've had experiences, uh, I have a lot of experience selling to all of these uh, sizes of organizations. So I could talk through, you know, my experiences on and my expertise in that as well. So specifically, this is in relation to those consultants who've started businesses recently, maybe in the last three years or three or five, three to five years, who've managed to grow their businesses, let's say to the high five figures, or even low low six figures, and now are looking to grow beyond that. In my experience working, not not just with my own consulting business, but also working with tons of other consultants, I've realized that it's it's not very hard to get a consulting business off the ground because you can get leads through referrals, through your network. That's generally how consultants get business. But then uh, beyond a point, What happens is when you uh, rely too much on referrals, you end up doing a lot of different types of projects, and you end up serving different types of clients, and that becomes a problem, right? And not only that, it also, also the fact that when you don't have a way of building a sales pipeline, then you end up pounding the pavement when one of your projects ramps down and looking for your next client. And that becomes a cycle. And if that's the way you're running a business, then you might have noticed that there's a feast and famine cycle, right? So sometimes revenue is high, uh, then you'll find a period, uh, a lull, and then, you, you know, well, then you get your next client, it goes up again. So you end up having these periods of low revenue, and that can be quite stressful, right? Initially, when I started learning more about why this happens with consultants and what the remedy is, I used to think that it is a strategy problem. It's more of a strategy problem. Um, How can you, what what strategies can you put in place to address this issue and not not have this issue and build a sales pipeline? But the more mature I've got as a consultant, the more mature I've got as uh, someone who works with consultants to help them, um, I realized that this is more of a mindset problem. Right. And uh, if you fix your mindset, then the the chances of you fixing this problem, addressing this issue increase. Okay, so this problem that I talked about, there are about three reasons, three big reasons. I feel this happens, this issue about dealing with referrals, uh, relying on referral, pounding the pavement when your current projects ramp down, uh, not having a predictable sales pipeline and not being able to grow the business in a, in a way that is, uh that is, that is predictable. Three reasons why this happens. Number one is it's an issue about identity. As consulting business owners right, or as consultants, we get into business, we start a business, register a corporate corporation and now we're a business owner, but then we identify still as a technical consultant. I faced this a long time for a long time. When I started my consulting business, I, I saw myself as a strategic planning consultant who ran a business, right? So I was proud of my technical skills. I loved working with clients. I was happy when they got results. I liked building relationships with clients. Um, so all, that part, all that, uh, that part of the business, uh, I liked that part of being a consultant. And I, you know, even my reading list tended to be uh, on the technical nature of my consulting field, which is strategic planning and business planning. So I saw myself as a strategic planning consultant. That was my identity. That is one of the, I mean, that's not, it's not wrong, but when you're, when you start, when you run a business, that can become a bit of a liability, that kind of thinking. So identity is a huge piece, a huge reason for why we face those problems that I described earlier. Number two is an issue with education. So as technical consultants, we tend to, serve clients, we tend to, we get hired because of our expertise, right? So because of that, we tend to shore up our skills in that field alone. And we don't learn how to run and grow an independent consulting business, right? We're in this hamster wheel where we're going from project to project. And, you know, back in the day, I used to think that, you know, things are okay. We're going, you know, I'm getting business. I'm going from project to project. Yes. There was an issue about uh, the and Time and cycle, but I used to think that you know someday somehow things are going to work out. I'll figure this out. Someday somehow things are going to work out. But that attitude uh, hurt me personally because it—I lost a lot of time. The someday somehow things are going to work out way of thinking, uh, because it never works out if you think that way. At least it didn't do didn't work out for me as long as I had uh, as long as I had that line of thinking, and it hasn't worked out for a lot of the consultants I worked with. I work with. Right? So someday somehow things are going to work out and then you ignore how to run an independent consulting business or a small consulting firm. Right, That's reason number two. Reason number three is that we don't have the time or it seems like we don't have the time. Right, Because like, like I said, consultants get hired for their expertise and we go from client project to client project and we work on deadlines and sometimes it's, it's hard. We just don't have the time to think about other things. So Okay. And, uh, and not just you guys, I've almost every consultant I work with has the same issue. Okay. So these are the three issues I've uh, that I laid out. Now, how do you address these issues, right? And how do you develop a strong mindset that addresses these issues? So I have, you know, Three things that I want to talk about, but at the same time, when you have a question or a clarification, please type your question in the comments because I want to open it up to for Q and A Q&A in the end, so that we really you know deep dive into this topic and I understand where you guys are at and I can you know help you based on my understanding of the topic. Okay, so I think I'll be talking for about another 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 twenty minutes and then we can you know open it up for Q and A for thirty minutes. Um, uh, as long as you have questions, uh, I'll be around, okay? So again, I'll reiterate, I'll recap three reasons we fall into the, the hamster wheel of consulting and the feast and famine. Number one is the question of identity. We see ourselves as technical consultants. Number two, we haven't learned how to run a consulting business. Number three, it feels like we don't have time, right? As I mentioned before, I thought that this could be solved with you know through strategy but it's more of a mindset issue. Strategy definitely plays a part, but it's more of a mindset issue. So let's address that part of the problem. So how do you develop a strong mindset and address these three issues? Number one, the question of identity. Identity is so important to the human experience, right? We always want to be seen as a specific type of individual right? Because the question, the, the concept of status is so, is a, is a very psychologically strong concept in human beings. We want to be seen in a certain way to our peers and to the other people around us, whether it's friends and family, et cetera, whatnot. So identity is a very, very strong uh, part of human experience. And, and, you know, when we start a business as well, because we have such strong chops in the, in our technical field, we tend to see ourselves as that because that's what we're proud proud of proud of, right? So if you're a if you're a financial consultant, you know you're proud of those skills. You, you could be a you know a, um, uh, a fractional CFO, for example. You're great at financial planning and analysis, and you know cost accounting and cost management and what's and whatnot. If you're a strategy consultant, you you know your five forces, your four five forces, your Porter's five forces and you know, you know all the various frameworks uh, that strategy consultants use. If you're an HR consultant, you know everything about compliance, you know everything about HR strategy, how to scale an organization from a people perspective, competencies, hiring strategies, et cetera, et cetera. Right? The issue is that when you run a business, that your primary identity as a technical consultant is a liability. So the way to shift that is to think of yourself, okay, as a business owner that is selling consulting services, not as a technical consultant that happens to run a business, right? Better yet, more than thinking about yourself as a business owner that runs a consulting business or sells consulting services, you wanna think of yourself as a salesperson that sells consulting services. Now, the minute I say salesperson, uh, some people cringe because they don't like the idea of selling, especially people that are, are gifted in other technical fields. They don't, who are new to business. They don't like the idea of selling, but sales does not have to be a bad word. When I say, think of yourself as a salesperson, it doesn't mean that, you know, you push your services on, on people, on your, on your prospects, and you're aggressive and you try and, Uh, use various types of hacks and and techniques to, um, to sell your services. No. When I say salesperson, just think of yourself as someone who is helping the prospect, right? The best salespeople simply help the prospect make a decision. And the way they do that is by empathizing with them on the challenges that they're going through, talking about problems that they may not know about in their business, talking about um, opportunity costs, talking about what is possible in their business and, and crafting a narrative um, and talking to the market about these things, right? That's what you want, you want, you want to do. You want to talk about things that your market, that your audience, that your prospects are going through and help them see how things can be better, right? That's what the best salespeople do, right? And the better you are at articulating all of these things, the more you are going to endear yourself to your audience. So as a consultant who owns a business, think of yourself as a salesperson selling consulting services. That's the best and most productive mindset shift that I have uh, uh, experienced. And uh, if, if you're uh, in that space right now where you see yourself more as a technical person, then, then try and make that shift. Because once you make that shift, what's going to happen is that you're going to try and think about, okay, how do I be the best salesperson there is? Let's let me let me learn about sales. Let me learn about how to um, market a product, how to engage with prospects, how to uh, do a better discovery session and understand needs and wants and requirements, and so on and so forth. Let me learn how to write a a proposal that, that brings me more business, right? So you'll, you'll automatically start thinking about how to develop skills in that area. Of course, you have to also be uh, thinking about your technical skills as well, but uh, you're naturally gonna be doing that. But uh, you'll also start automatically thinking about how to develop your skills in, in the area of being a business owner and driving sales for your business, okay? So that's number one. Number two, so the second problem I identified is the issue about learning. The issue about learning how to run and grow a consulting business. So once you you identify yourself as a salesperson or a business owner that is that happens to sell consulting services, you want to start learning about how to run a consulting business and how to operate as a business owner who gets hired for their technical skills. This is really important. As consulting business owners, we often, we mostly get hired for our personal technical skills. That's what people, uh, prospects want. They want us, right? That's why most most professional services are, uh, uh, are like that, right? We sell our knowledge and our expertise and we sell results. Right? but we have to deliver them and that's what the big draw is for prospects. Uh, we don't often have you know, a large team of company or uh, not companies, but other consultants, right? We get hired, our business gets hired because of our skills. But as a business owner, you wanna be mindful of learning business skills that help you run your consulting business and grow your consulting business. So in my experience, Okay. Everything I'm talking about is my experience. Don't take anything that I say at face value, right? I don't like saying that, you know, this is the only way to do things and anybody else that doesn't agree with me or doesn't do things this way is going to fail or whatnot. I'm, I'm sharing with you my experience. That's the way I coach as well. I tell all my clients, my consultant con- consultant clients who are running their own businesses that I'm sharing with you my experiences based on what I've learned in my own consulting practice and what I've seen in other Uh, consulting businesses who I help. Um, So in my experience, there are four ways, there are four things that you need to be doing as a business owner that produce big results. So I call these activities, high yielding activities. As a business owner, you got to be hit with a number of things that come your way. Okay, but because of the perceived lack of time or, you know, the, the pressure that you face both in your, in your business, and your personal life, it's, uh, it's really important to pick and choose what you focus on, what you spend time on. And in my experience, there are four things that uh, you must spend time on uh, predominantly. Number one is planning. Okay, planning is an activity that Business owners must spend time on because that is that will give you the right. That will help you make the right decisions on on various things, on things like who your customer is, what your why you you know why your business exists, and what your offering should be in the market, and also things like delegating and hiring. That also is part of planning because you want to make sure that you invest the revenue that you get a part of the revenue that you get in putting together the right team. And I'm not, not talking about, you know, hiring full-time people, if you're not ready for it, but at any given point in time, you know, you want to hire the right people. And I'll talk about a little bit about that uh, in, in order to make sure that you are protecting yourself from working on, you know, various other low yielding activities, like, you know, Website updates, or uh, you know, designing your your proposal template, or you know, buying your own plane tickets and stuff like that—administrative tasks. A lot of times, we get so bogged down with administrative tasks as business owners, and that's where our, t- our time goes. So, the first thing that you want to be focusing on is on planning uh, and making sure that you have the right team in place. And you are offering the right service offering and solution to the market that brings you, you know, brings you the right results, the best results for your business. Okay. So, so that's as far as planning is concerned. I'm just giving you an outline. Number two, the, the second high-yielding activity that you want to be working on as a consultant is prospecting. When I say prospecting, it is attracting prospects, attracting the right ideal clients uh, to have conversations with. And there are many different things that you can do to, to attract the right clients. A lot of the times what happens is because consulting business owners don't like to sell, they don't like to prospect, they, they, they kind of outsource this entire activity to a marketing assistant or even a commissioned salesperson. Anybody done that before? Anybody hired a marketing consultant uh, uh, assistant or hired a commissioned salesperson to go after new clients or to land new clients because you don't like sales? Just uh, I've done it before. So uh, I just want to understand if, uh, if anyone else has had that experience and has uh, gone and done that because you don't like prospecting and sales. So just put it in the chat. Matthew says, not yet, but this may be on our radar next quarter. It's not a bad thing to do, at the right time, okay? I see, I see Michael typing something, so I'll wait for his comment. But oftentimes I've seen consulting, consulting business owners do this where they hire a commission salesperson and they you know, say, okay, you take care of sales, um, bring me the right leads. And there's a, a big disconnect between the business owner and the commission salesperson. And oftentimes that doesn't work out. Like you, you get, they get the wrong leads. And then there is a, a lot of time lost, and there is, you know, there's a there's a rift between the business owner and the salesperson. I've seen this time and time again, and the reason this happens is because the business owners don't plan. They don't know who their target audience is. They don't know what the what solution, what specific solution they are offering because they ha- they haven't really investigated the needs and the wants of the real needs and the wants of their market and. They don't communicate. So they fail to communicate to the salesperson what they want. And this happens with the marketing assistant as well. They hire a marketing assistant to kind of, you know, go to social media, create some content, put up a LinkedIn page uh, and manage the social media account, etc., etc. But uh, they don't do the initial work of understanding who they're targeting. Right? The other thing, uh, and, and here's the thing. So the way I look at it, and this is why I, I'm, I'm I started the Consulting Growth Hour. This series is because the way I look at it, I believe that consulting business owners must learn marketing and sales. They need to know how marketing, prospecting, say, and sales work. When I say how, when I say marketing and sales, I'm talking about understanding your customers' needs, uh, your clients' needs, understanding how the market shifts, understanding you know, broadly what other people in the market, your competitors are offering and whether or not that works or not. Understanding how to put together the right offering, understanding how to communicate that offering to your prospects, to your market in a way which uh, makes them sit up and take notice and, and knock on your doors and have a conversation with you and book a meeting with you. These are things that you need to know as a business owner because that's what drives growth. That's what drives sales. There's no better person in your consulting business today that understands your business better than you or, or your partner, if, if uh, there is an, a partner like you in your business. So if, that, if, that, if you don't drive sales from the top, don't expect sales to simply pick up just because you hire somebody to, to palm off that, that activity. Okay, I hope this makes sense. So the number two thing, the second thing that you want to be working on and you want to be learning is prospecting. And prospecting is a huge topic. You see, you don't have to get overwhelmed by it, but you need to spend time understanding what the options are. How do you generate referrals on a consistent basis? Um, How do you use content and educational marketing? How do you use different types of prospecting? How do you use LinkedIn, for example, if your audience is there? How do you use these different platforms? What what's what's working in your market? What what are other consultants and service professional professional services firms in your market doing to attract these clients? And how do companies in your market grow? If you're not like thinking about these things, then you're very it's very unlikely that you're going to get out of that feast and famine cycle, and that can be very stressful. The longer you know you're in that cycle, so uh, pro- learning prospecting is. Uh, the second high-yielding task, right? And I'm, I'm going to tell you how to fit all this into your day because I know you guys are all busy, right? So just uh, wait for that when I talk about that. But uh, learning prospecting, learning marketing is the second high-yielding activity, okay? I, I'm just going to take a break and read some of these comments. So Michael says, it is not that I don't like prospecting but hard to do both delivery and sales. You know, that's the... That's the the biggest problem we have as consultants. Uh, Latoya says i purchased one market this before. Yeah, those are things that you do, but then how consistent are you, right? You've got to you've got to. I mean, I know this is cliche to say be consistent, but you've got to find a way to show up every week, week after week, because if you want consistent growth, you've got to show up consistently. Right? I'll be talking about that in a bit. Lee says maybe I'm weird. I love I love the setting. That's amazing. Right? If, if you already love the selling, then, uh, then you're already halfway there. right? Now you've got to figure out, okay, how do you optimize uh, the sales process? Aaron says, I love sales, but just don't have enough time to focus on it. Yes, that's what we're going to be talking about in number three. I have a salesman that just started and he's generating leads and I'm only spending time with qualified ones. We just started this a couple of months ago, but it's working great for so far. So if it's working great for you, then that's, that's great. That's uh, you're on the right track, of course. Right, so we'll get back to it. So we talked about number one, the first high yielding activity is to uh, spend spend time on planning. Number two, the second high yielding activity is prospecting and marketing. And number three is the sales conversion process, or as I like to call it, the discovery process. Once you have a qualified lead, how do you move that qualified lead from a prospect to a paying client? A lot of the times, Consultants are very confident that once they get the meeting, their conversion rate is high, because they know they have the technical knowledge to convert that that prospect uh, at a at a reasonably high rate into a paying client, and that's uh, that's that's perfectly normal uh, thinking. But I want to challenge you on that. So let's say you're a consultant uh, that you know obviously you guys have amazing technical knowledge of your field and you have a prospect that's interested in your services, you're gonna know what to say and how to talk about the technical nature of your services and close that client. And maybe your conversion rate is extremely high. But if you don't study discovery, how to have a, a, a structured discovery conversation and uncover the true needs and problems and implications of those problems of your prospect, um, you're going to be leaving money on the table in terms of, you know, you might be missing out on building value into that sale. Maybe you uh, miss out on a a certain piece of the, uh, uh, a critical piece of the sale where you where you, um, you know, end up proposing the wrong type of, type of project or you end up proposing a project that is not uh, commensurate or for, for a fee that is not commensurate to the value being delivered, right? So when you learn discovery and how to, to, to handhold your prospect in a conversation to make sure that they get exactly what they want and you, and, and you end up scoping the project exactly the way it needs to be scoped out and also uh, charging a fee that is commensurate with the value that you will be delivering. Uh, If you don't do those things, then you're going to end up most likely uh, leaving money on the table. Learning the skill of discovery is a very, very high yielding activity. So that's something that you need to be focusing on as well. That's got to be part of the learning that you do as a consulting business owner. That's number three. Right. And then, and the fourth high-yielding activity, and this one is obvious. It's obviously client delivery because most of you are going to be involved in client delivery. That's why you get hired. There may be a small percentage of you that uh, you know have moved client delivery away to your associates or you know your partner or whatnot. But I, I can bet that most of you are involved with client delivery because you are the technical expert, right? so that's again a high yielding activity it's not practical to kind of you know palm that off immediately you can slowly kind of uh, reduce the time t- the the amount number of hours you spend on client delivery but uh, it's it is a high yielding activity because that is that's why you're hired so from a mindset perspective or from a consulting business owner perspective you want to be uh, focusing on those four things planning prospecting discovery slash sales and client delivery, okay? So I've addressed two things so far. Uh, The first reason we uh, falter and we get into the feast and famine cycle is the piece about identity, right? So I've talked about identity. The second reason we falter is we don't make time to learn how to run and a consulting business. To that, I've addressed, I've talked about these four pieces of where you should be spending your time, high yielding activities. And and the third problem that we have is that of time, right? We just don't seem to have the time. We're always running and we're kind of like, you know, on this hamster wheel where we're going from project to project, right? So for that, here's the thing. This is is my mindset uh, hack, if you will, to make sure that you, to to get into the habit of giving time to your business. And I learned this uh, a long time ago in my business, and you may have heard me say this if you've been following my content on on LinkedIn. I like to dedicate one day of the week, one one specific day of the week to focus on my business, to focus on those four activities, uh, planning, not not four activities, three of those four activities, planning, prospecting, sales, and four days of the week on client delivery. So I owned a strategic planning business, I had multiple clients and deadlines because there were many workshops, facilitations, reports to be done, et cetera, et cetera, the regular consulting game. So Monday to Thursday, I really could not focus on prospecting and sales and then whatnot. So what I did was I I dedicated one day of the week, Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday. I found that Fridays were a pretty light day when it came to um, client calls, uh, client meetings, because it was you know the weekend was the weekend was almost beginning people were a little you know in a better mood. So I didn't um, open up my calendar to clients on on Fridays and I practice that even today. If you if, I, if you see my scheduler, you would never find a day um, on Friday because Friday is the day I work on my business and Monday to Thursday I work a lot on client work. That's uh, I do that even today. So dedicating one day of the week, to your own business, making that a habit is, is you know I, I found that to work really well. It is still a challenge for certain clients. I have I, I work with a couple of supply chain consultants, very senior consultants, uh, who still find it hard to put that into practice because they're always running from pillar to post when it comes to clients. Which is a good thing. It's a good problem to have when you have a lot of clients, but then they don't work on their business. So. The way um, I would suggest you think about this is think about your own business as one of your clients. Treat your own business as one of your clients, right? If you if you look at it that way, once you once you really internalize that philosophy, then you'll be able to uh, dedicate one day of the week for your business. If you can't do one day of the week, even start with half a day of the week. Maybe the, the second half of the day on Fridays can be... Uh, for your for your for your own business, and when I say when I do this, you know I have my client meetings. I mean not my client meetings, but my team meetings. I start off Friday with my operations manager uh, slash virtual manager, who runs uh, you know a lot of my uh, 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 administrative activities, my my invoicing, my calendar, my uh, schedule with my marketing team, my my calendar and so on and so forth, where I meet with, with her on Friday mornings, and I plan out the, 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 the rest of the week, what's going to happen when, because we have plans. Every three months, we make a plan, and we kind of you know go over those plans. And she manages my website, my blog, etc. So all that stuff is just given away. I don't think about that stuff at all. But on Fridays, I dedicate time for that. That meeting is followed with my marketing team. I have a small marketing team, a couple of freelancers. Right? They have, uh, you know, they take care of my, my video editing. I do a lot of videos. I do a lot of those slides on, on, uh, uh, on LinkedIn. So all the graphic design for that. Uh, they take care of my content calendar. We brainstorm ideas. Okay, what, what, what piece of content goes when? What other types of content can I repurpose? Can I repost? What content is done well? I look at the analytics and we plan out, okay, what content goes where? And then I don't have to think about it, right? The content is, uh, uh, I, I spend a few hours on Fridays later on to, to write out the content, I plan it out and you know, it gets, uh, we, we post it, right? So we do that as well. When I was a management consultant, I also used to do a lot of uh, podcasts. I had a podcast, that was one of the ways I used to prospect and, and build relationships with clients. So all of my podcasts uh, were scheduled, my podcast interviews were scheduled for Fridays, like ninety percent of them. Unless I got a request from a guest that you know they can't do a Friday, then I would you know make time in the week. But that was very rare. Most of my podcasts were scheduled on Friday. so all this stuff takes up time. And you know, we I, I just batched them on Fridays because Fridays was my my business day. That was my business was my client, and I dedicated that day, and. For me, it worked well. I, I would encourage you to encu- to to, um, to experiment and see if that works. And here's the other thing: today, I use LinkedIn a lot. So on Fridays, I make I do a lot of research on LinkedIn. I make my top hundred list every every week. I uh, connect with potential clients using LinkedIn's Sales Navigator tool, and uh, you know, make that list. I'll, I'll research people. I'll maybe, you know, send out some follow-up messages of people that I'm, prospects that I'm talking to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, work the whole LinkedIn, the, the LinkedIn strategy on, on predominantly on Friday. So my Fridays are packed, but uh, they're very, very satisfying because I can go to the weekend with a lot of confidence. I don't have to start Monday with a, you know, like a chicken with its head, head cut off, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen this week because it's all planned and it's done. And, you know, because... Because I've run my business like that. I also enjoy the weekends uh, a lot better. I spend time with my family. I don't think about, uh, you know, business that much. I mean, I do think about business, but I'm not sitting at my desk, you know, going over stuff. So the weekends are are fairly relaxed as well. So I want to stop now because uh, I think I've uh, I've gone a little over. So it's, uh, we've got 20 minutes more and I want to open it up to questions. I hope you have some questions that I can help you with. Any specific situations that you have any clarifications on what I've talked about, questions relating related to some of the strategies and ideas that I've presented, I'm happy to to uh, to take them on. Just see if I'm gonna have a quick look at the at the chat. So Nicole says, I get so overwhelmed when prospecting. Do you have any advice for creating a simple and repeatable process? So this depends. It's a very, very good question. This really depends because when it comes to prospecting, there are many. Processes and types of tactics that work. Right uh, for me, what really works is educational content and working my network. Right, I, I make that into a process. A lot of the times, for other consultants, a lot of the times people say that for consulting businesses, you got to do only this or that. Uh, I get that point of view, and for me, you know, I, uh, I I've I've seen that you know working your network in a repeatable and predictable way and creating educational content, thought leadership content for consultants works really well. 90% of consultants will fall into these categories, but there are outliers as well, right? I don't believe in saying that, you know, cold email or cold calling doesn't work or whatnot. It may not work for me, it may not work for you till now, but I know some consultants who do really well with those tactics. So, So I would say that, you know, in order to find a process, you need to understand what works for your business, right? Uh, What type of business are you in? Let's say if you're a a business in a very specialized industry, let's say mining or uh, some other resource type industry where your client are manufacturer or, or, you know, general managers of uh, mining and other resource-based industries that uh, are in remote places, and these folks are not on LinkedIn predominantly. So I'm not going to tell you that, look, you know, post on LinkedIn. It depends. You first got to understand where are your folks hanging out? Where is your market hanging out a lot? And these days, are 90% of the time, you'll find that people are looking online. The first part of the buying journey starts online, right? Uh, but there are outliers as well. Sometimes that may not happen. So you may need to have an offline uh, outreach uh, strategy that puts you puts your business in front of their business, right? So the first thing is to find out where are my clients hanging out. What's the best way I can reach them, right? And then you've got to experiment. You've got to learn various ways of how how this can be done. And this is why I feel that you you need to be investing in in coaching. I'm not just saying this because you know I'm a coach and I do exactly that. I'm saying this because I truly believe in it. I've done a lot of coaching and training in my day as a consulting business owner. And what I find is that it simply shortcuts the path to success. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to be experimenting with a lot of things. And yes, you can look at YouTube, you can read a ton of books, and you can do this on your own. You can be successful on your own. I'm not saying that you can't be successful without a coach, but it's simply going to take you a lot longer, right? Once you understand, once you're comfortable with a certain individual, an expert, a marketing person who can help you in your business, um, explore the opportunity, explore the possibility of hiring that person to help you because that's going to help you shortcut the path to success. So, and that person, you know, will likely help you put together that repeatable process because they've done it before. You obviously have to hire a person who has done it before, who's done it before, understands your the nature of your business and uh, the nature of reaching out to the specific type of client that you have and help you with that because there are a lot of things that you may not know right now. There are a lot of things that you don't know with respect to prospecting and, and putting together that, that process that somebody else who's done it before and who's helped you or people like you done it before simply knows at the back of their hand. So I would encourage you to invest in yourselves because you know if you h- have the right people in your team, it pays back really fast. Just one client would pay back uh, the investment that you make with uh, you know, in hiring uh, an expert to help you in that process. So uh, again, uh, consider that, I'm, uh, I'm not saying that you, you have to uh, consider me or hire me, look at other people as well, whoever you're comfortable with, right? And, but take that seriously, because if you wanna grow fast, then you have to have the right people uh, who are guiding you towards growth. And that's what's gonna help you uh, have that repeatable process. And the other thing about the repeatable process, Nicole, is again, showing up. The, the part about repeatable, uh, repeatable process is a mindset issue. It's not, it's not a process or a strategy issue. You know, to have something that's repeatable, you've got to repeatedly show up. Part of the reason, and a major part of the reason we, we kind of falter in that, in putting together a repeatable process is because we're not consistent, consistent ourselves. We don't show up repeatedly and do things repeatedly, right? It's not something that is, there's no magic pill here, is what I'm saying, right? There's no magic pill. There's no magic repeatable process that's going to come and solve your problems. You're going to find that you will be successful if you show up regularly, if you have the right guidance, and if you make the right experiments thoughtfully. And if you learn to look for feedback during those experiments and do more of what's working and less of what's not working, that's what is gonna help you find that repeatable process that's gonna work in your business. Hope that makes sense. Michael says, best ideas to stand out from the crowd. Okay, you got a few questions. Uh, I'm gonna take that uh, one by one. So best ideas to stand out from the crowd, what I've noticed is that when you talk about your audience's problems in a very deep way and you empathize with what, they, what they're going through, when you really, really understand what your clients are going through, not just the problems, but the symptoms of you know, what their day is like, what, what, what issues come up in their business, what, uh, what problems they're totally fed up with what really, you know, keeps them up at night, when you, when you uh, articulate to your, to your audience, that you understand these things, that draws them towards you and helps you stand out in the marketplace among all the other people that are trying to simply sell services. Again, as a salesperson, as a salesperson that is selling consulting services, um, you want to be helping your audience. So the more you add value to your audience and help them, the more you're gonna stand out, right? And the more you're going to be remembered when your prospects are looking to to purchase your services. Not everybody is in buying mode in in the market, right? You wanna be putting out valuable advice and content and educational pieces that tell your audience that, yes, I know what you're going through, here's what you're going through and here's what you can do, right? Here's what's possible. Here's here are the you know, the two or three things that you can uh, work on in your business and you know take that go that extra step because if they're gonna get results based uh, even even a little, even small results tiny results based on advice that you put out then they're gonna think that okay I've got results based on you know just listening to him like in, in, without even hiring that person imagine what so will happen in my business when uh, you know I engage this individual so when they're ready to buy. You'll be among the first people that they have to think about. Right? That's how you stand out. That's the best way I've I've learned. That's why I feel that as consultants, and again, I don't want to sound very generic, but this is what I find for 90% of the consultants that I've worked with: educational content, putting out educational content, building a community is one of the best ways to prospect and market yourself. Because as consultants, we have a lot of knowledge in, 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 the, in our domain, right? Because we've uh, you don't become a consultant just out of the blue. You become a consultant because you know you have a lot of experience and expertise and value that you can add to the market. That's why you become a consultant. And so that's one of our strengths. So why not use that in our marketing and educate the market about how you can help and you know how they can kind of uh, improve in their businesses. So use that uh, natural strength that you have and, and educate the audience. And that way you'll stand out, you'll build affinity, you'll build trust, and you'll also be memorable. When they're ready to hire you, or when they're ready to, to, to look for a consultant to bring to their organizations, they're gonna be your the champion, your champion in that organization. Because in 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 a, to make a sale, especially with a, a larger organization, you need a champion to vouch for you among the other influencers and maybe the final decision maker who makes the, uh, the decision. So that is, it becomes really, really easy. And I've seen this time and time again. I'll be brought in by someone who looks at my content, who listens to me day in and day out, uh, and they'll vouch for me throughout the sales process and they'll get me in the organization. It, it kind of shortens the sales cycle as well. Okay, it's a good question. So what motivates someone to have a conversation with you? So part of that is what I just talked about, building affinity and building trust. That's that's part of the motivation. And, and knowing that the individual or the consultant knows what they're talking about uh, is on the same wavelength, wavelength as I am and will likely be able to solve my problem, that motivates them. The second thing is social proof. They want to know in, in business to business selling, right? Uh, they want to know if you've helped somebody like themselves or their organization before and they want to see proof they want to see that you've got results they want to see other people talking about you or you know having some kind of a testimonial written about you or you know seeing that you are a specialist in this area that's the thing about business to business sales uh especially if the t- if it's like professional services where the t- the tickets the, the, the ticket size can be large sometimes you're selling six bigger projects Buyers don't wanna make the mistake of hiring a consultant that they're not sure can solve the specific problem that they're going through. So that's why you know, when you create an offering for your business, for your consulting services, you wanna make sure that you're positioned as a specialist and not as a generalist. Sometimes you're forced to be a generalist because you don't know where to specialize. And it's it's not wrong. In the initial stages of your business, you will, you'll you'll touch various areas, do multiple projects, um, and you'll be a generalist, and that's okay. But then, as long as you are uh, you have you keep an eye out for what's working in the business and you know where you want to specialize in. Uh, being a generalist is okay, but then you really want to quickly specialize as quickly as possible because being a specialist is a big motivator. For a potential client to have a conversation with you because they want to work with people that they know has done this before, that have the expertise, that have the credibility, and that uh, have the knowledge, and that you know, have got results for organizations uh, similar to theirs. Let me think about what else motivates people to hire a to have a conversation with you. These are the two big, biggest, biggest things. And the other, like maybe the other thing is you know. Being top of mind, seeing there, seeing you over and over again, right? You want to do that because if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. You wanna, you wanna not just be be in front of them in a sporadic way, but you want to be there consistently. Because here's the thing: not everybody, like I said, I'm repeating this again. Not everybody is in buying mode all the time, right? Somebody may be listening to you. They may come to a webinar. They may come to a training. They may browse LinkedIn and they may see one of your videos or an article that you've written. And they may, it may make a lot of sense. You may be saying the right things. You may be talking about their problems. They may be nodding their head. You may be positioned the right way as a specialist, but they're not in buying mode right now. So, you know, they're not going to reach out to you and have, have a conversation with you. But later on, three months down the line, they may be in buying mode they may have an opportunity to hire somebody like you. At that point, if you're not in front of them, then they're not gonna be motivated to, to have a conversation with you because likely they would have forgotten you, right? Or there may be somebody else uh, in front of them. All right, so I hope that helps. How do you how to go from a LinkedIn contact to discovery meeting process? Why would someone accept a meeting? Again, it's the brand. One of the biggest ways to, to encourage people to book a meeting with you is By building a brand, and by building a brand, I mean putting out educational content, showing up regularly, talking about things that resonate with the audience. All these things will help help you go from LinkedIn contact to discovery meeting, to to having a discovery meeting. I'm at a place in my business right now where I don't do any outreach. Every client that I get are are people that reach out to me because I, I do a lot of content. I, I learn, I have, you know, I'm, I'm always learning about sales. I'm always learning about content, videos, marketing, prospecting. So my entire pipeline consists of people that reach out to me because I'm always building my network on LinkedIn as well. So that's what, what, else work. that's what works for me. All right. I hope that uh, that helps, Michael. Peter says, they wanna know that you won't waste their time. Yes, Peter? Great. Bill, thank you for joining. Awesome so yeah we're at the top of the hour any last questions i can uh, possibly accommodate and, and 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 respond to great michael bashir thanks for joining right guys we're at the end of the session thank you all for joining these were great questions uh, I enjoyed it and i hope you you got value out of it i will be you know like i said there this is an ongoing thing every two weeks so because you've, you've, you signed up for this session, I will be emailing you as well uh, about the next sessions. If you're free, if you're available, please join. Uh, I'd love to see you again. Okay, thank you so much and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.